0: Welcome to The Power of Rhythm, a podcast with your host, Reinhard Flatischler, founder of Mega Drums, Takatina Symphonic, and a worldwide network of groundbreaking rhythm training. This podcast will offer you an incredible diversity of voices around the one thing that connects us all rhythm. Hi, and welcome to episode 18 of my podcast. So far, we have already two episodes dedicated to the mystery of groove. And because groove is such an essential rhythmic experience, today we will dive even deeper into this subject. My guest today is the founding father of groove research. He is Professor in the psychology department and center for mind and brain at the university of california davis and after investigating song perceptions and song learning in songbirds he went to tatma college and incorporated functional neuroimaging methods into his music perception research he has pioneered psychological and brain research examining musical situation that elicits strong emotional experiences such as music evoked remembering or the state of being in the groove. He's a recipient of research fellowships from Fulbright, Guggenheim, and many others, and grant funding from National Science Foundation, National Institute of Health, and the Grammy Foundation. Welcome, Pietro Janata.
1: It's great to have you here. Thank you very much for having me.
0: So maybe my first question is on a quite personal level, that would be what was your first encounter with groove?
1: Yes, well that's a good question. you know, I'm, I'm not really sure, but I'm, I'm guessing that it was when I first started um, playing music with other people and, and improvising with other people. Um, so, you know, I took uh, uh, piano lessons as a child growing up uh, all the way through high school. Um, But then I I stopped with those and then I really became interested in in playing um, sort of folk music, rock music, so on with with other people. And, uh, you know, when you just start working off of uh, chord charts and some notion of the melody, but otherwise everything is left uh, open to the individual players um you don't really know exactly what's going to happen and um, sometimes uh, things go well and it sounds good and other times uh, not so well Uh, but it's it's really being in search of those moments of connection with other people and um and the music uh you know where you really feel like things are come come together and you feel uh one with the music um, so I think, um, yeah, those those early experiences playing with other people is when I first felt, mm-hmm. felt that feeling. You're actually a
0: musician and a scientist, which is a fantastic combination. So what made you, as a scientist, you know, so interested about the phenomenon of groove, of course, in, amongst many other things, but groove is a very important part of your research. So... Why this focus?
1: Uh, Well, a couple of reasons. Um, One is that that's a very um, strong experience that people have with music. Uh, So many people are, are motivated to listen to music or to make music because they feel in the groove. And, um, you know, the field of music psychology and music neuroscience is still quite young compared to the related disciplines. Um, And so there's a lot to understand. And, um, you know, I just realized earlier in my career that life is very short and that if I, you know, want to have the opportunity to understand something deeper about human psychology and the brain and music uh, that I should probably focus my efforts on understanding some of these strong experiences that people have. Um, So Groove being uh, one of those. Um, So that's part of the answer. The other part of the answer is that um, uh, I think By studying groove, we really learn something deeper about the brain. Um, So really uh, music in general is a model system in my eyes for understanding the human mind and brain. Uh, But with groove, what we come to understand in particular is the relationship um, of uh, sort of fluid sensory motor Um, behaviors and uh, emotional states. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a big uh, motivating factor.
0: What really fascinates me so much on your work, that you are working with neuroimaging in your research. I've done some research uh, of groove around heart rate variability and we have clear indications that when people are in the groove, there's a very strong, beautiful hardware variability. So how do we imagine that you are researching, I think this is uh, MRI, right? That you're using.
1: Uh, yes, I have used MRI in my research, although I have to admit that I, I haven't actually um, done groove studies in, in, a, in an MRI scanner. Um, There's actually another paper by another group that came out uh, recently where they had people listening to um, rhythms with varying degrees of syncopation and sort of those and were able to identify some of the, the circuitry that becomes more active when people are listening to medium complexity rhythms that induce a stronger urge to move and are perceived as more pleasurable Um, but it's it's pretty challenging to um, study groove in the scanner one one reason being that you know one of the the main things that happens when you're in the groove is you want to start bobbing your head And in an MRI scanner, you want to keep the head as still as possible. Um, So you're you're having to, uh, you know, create this inhibition around the central phenomenon that you're trying to understand.
0: Well, I only could imagine that you um, make a measurement before and then bring someone really for a longer time in the groove and then measure again. Maybe this is a possibility to do that. But... I'm so curious about this MRI studies you're doing. I've seen you know so much about what rain and music is all related. It's so interesting. Uh, Give us a few things from your research, please.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, well, again, the the MRI studies um, uh, can, you, you know, they've, they've, the studies that I've done have, have illustrated various things. I mean, one of the first ones was simply um, trying to examine how we listen to multi-part music in, in sort of a natural way that people listen to music. So when, you know, one of the things I believe is really uh, integral to the sense of being in the groove is the fact that our brains engage with the music in a very playful way. And what I mean by that is that even when we're simply listening to the music and you have multiple, uh, so imagine now listening to a funk piece or something like that where you have um, different uh, instruments coming in at different times and playing these short little riffs Uh, what that does is it engages our brain's attentional system. So we shift our attention to different instruments, to different moments in time, perhaps to different spatial locations, and it just kind of keeps moving around. Um, And so that creates this very engaging inner experience that we have alongside the music. Uh, We can even create our own parts, we can sing our, own parts in our minds that then interact with the music that we're hearing. Um, And I think that that is what contributes to that, that feeling of being one with the music and being in the groove. And so the first MRI study I did examined this, these mechanisms of either focusing attention on individual instruments or moving attention around between uh, different instruments in a musical scene. And what we found there was that indeed, um, this sort of listening to music really engages the brain's attention systems, the perception, the action systems. It's really a whole brain uh, type of experience. So is it
0: possible for you to lay out like you have your motor cortex, you have the prefrontal lobe? and? What is uh, could you say? What's the interaction? If listening to music, engaging in music, what's the parts that are most stimulated
1: by that? Sure. So, um, so of course, the auditory cortex in the temporal lobe uh, is uh, activated. I mean, that's uh, just necessary by virtue of the fact that you're hearing sound or hearing musical sound. Um, but then what very quickly, the other brain areas that very quickly become activated are the so-called pre-motor areas. Um, so in particular, the supplementary motor area and the pre-supplementary motor area. And those are sort of at the middle, middle of the head, um, sort of at the top. And then, um, then there are the lateral premotor areas, uh, which then start to... Um, help shape actions for different parts of the body. Um, But the supplementary motor area is uh, very interesting because whenever um, we have an intention to move, whenever we're planning movements uh, in a voluntary sort of way, um, then the supplementary motor area plays a key role in coordinating those sequences of movements. And so that brain area just really comes online when we're listening to uh, music in an engaged and attentive manner.
0: Yeah, and I guess this can be really trained, you know, because then otherwise there would not be evolu- rhythmic evolution in people if it couldn't be trained. So it would be interesting if someone learning, you know, rhythmic to engage in rhythmic uh, activities and getting better and better in it, what will change in the interrelationships between the different areas you mentioned?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. And, and there's been some examination of that. So there is uh, evidence from Jessica Gron's Gran, lab that um, m- people with more musical training on instruments actually show stronger coupling between uh, the supplementary motor area and the auditory areas. Mm-hmm. Um, And then in some of our uh, EEG work on um, uh, auditory mental imagery, so when you're having to imagine notes in a sequence and then detect uh, deviations in in pitch from notes that you actually hear, uh, you know, when they're out of tune with what you were imagining... um, people who form more accurate images um, tend to have more musical training. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also this, this, um, this network that couples, the auditory and the pre-motor areas is, be- is much more sensitive than to when things are out of tune.
0: Now I'm um, fascinated also by you have categories of how people uh, perceive it's groovy or not groovy. There's a low groove uh, category, mid groove category. How did you come up with this uh, category? Do you have asked a lot of people and played music for them, or how did it
1: arise? Yeah, basically, so the the motivation for um, creating a library um, of uh, musical stimuli, musical excerpts, um you know if we want to if this was when we wanted to examine sort of spontaneous movement with music or how uh people tap along or drum along uh with music uh, we had to be able to somehow vary the amount of groove in the music and so in creating this stimulus library we really wanted three three categories. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's usually good when you have more than two points along some continuum to examine a a phenomenon. Um, So yeah, like you said, basically we had an initial sample of uh, people rate sort of a larger candidate library that we had developed. And then we looked at the consistency of the groove ratings um, across those pieces and then just sort of took the bottom third the middle third and the top third or a subset of of, uh, music in each of those and then in a subsequent study we validated those ratings again Mm -hmm. and that's how we came up with the categories.
0: Can I ask uh, who uh, whom did you select for like the people whom you ask is this groovy not groovy was it random people or special people or who were the people you played this music to?
1: Well, it, it it's I'll, I'll admit that it wasn't um, as uh, broad of. Uh Uh, demographic as one would hope. So uh, this was all uh, undergraduate students at UC Davis. It was a large number of them, but it it was nonetheless a, a sample that's restricted in that way.
0: Okay, now let's actually listen to these categories and let's start with the low groove category. And I'm curious what you say to that music that you consider like a low groove category.
1: Yeah. So, so obviously that's a slower tempo piece and even though groove, you know, doesn't depend entirely on tempo that, you know, typically somewhat faster tempo uh, music um, would have more groove, but also the um, sort of the relationships of the instruments there, there isn't really sort of a super strong driving uh, rhythm. Uh, so you know it's a beautiful piece of music. Uh, Madeline Peru is a wonderful singer. So uh, there's certainly a context in which that's the perfect music, uh, but not when you want to get up and dance. And dance
0: exactly. And I think uh, that is what groove is all about. That it has this sweet point that wants you to make move. Right. So uh, the middle category would sound like that.
1: On that Is the California life?
0: Now I've had enough of this freedom of the road. Never was
1: good with decision.
0: And it's clear that you're more drawn into a beat already with that music, right?
1: Right, 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 exactly.
0: And of course, as you go up there, this is this uh, most famous recording where Stevie Wonder played himself this track on the drums. I guess you really want some more staff music, exactly. And uh, what is really fascinating, also, you sent you made me aware of this groove uh, that comes out of your um, friends' band. That's called the Sticky,
1: B- big sticky mess. Big sticky mess.
0: Let's hear a little bit of that, please. Yeah. Thank
1: <laughs> you.
0: Sure, all our listeners are already moving.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the great, the great thing about that that song is is you have those two different sections. You know, kind of between the verse portion of it, and then uh, on the chorus, you know, it goes into sort of that classic bass line. You know, one of those classic funk uh, uh, walking bass lines.
0: Big Sticky Mess from the Bay Area
1: uh yeah well they uh, started playing in uh, davis california um and they yes they're they're from this general area
0: so let's listen a little bit more to it <laughs> You're still playing in a band, too,
1: Uh, I am. So, in fact, later today, we're having an outdoor uh, session with uh, with Mm -hmm. one of the bands uh, I play. And that's the advantage of living in California. It's the weather (laughs) is uh, fairly nice here uh, for much of the year. Um, And then also recently I've uh, discovered Jam Kazam. Uh, which is an online platform uh, around the world. I, I don't know if you've heard of it or not. Yeah. Uh, but it, uh, yeah, that'll, so I've met some really fantastic musicians uh, that way and had some wonderful sessions just jamming over the, uh, over the internet.
0: Cool, so um, what you say about the groove is that it creates a sense of unity with yourself and others. Um, what would you think, uh, what's the benefit for humanity if they would kind of experience growth more and more often? How would this change the world?
1: Yeah, so um, about 10 years ago, um, a series of studies started coming out uh, which illustrated that uh, when um, people of all ages um engage in some sort of synchronized behavior together and it doesn't necessarily have to be music but but music is certainly a facilitator of synchronizing behavior Um, that when people when small groups engage in synchronized behavior together that subsequently um, they're more willing to cooperate with each other so these are complete strangers, right? So there, there's something about bringing music, helping to bring people into synchrony with each other, probably creating that sense of unity and shared experience. And that then translates into a friendlier and more cooperative behavior. Um, so in some ways I, I find that to be the most compelling argument for the evolution of music, right? If it, helps um, helps improve social bonds and interpersonal bonds, um, then that then increases, um, you know, likelihood of survival mm-hmm. uh, and so on.
0: Yeah, now I can really refer to this. I have developed a work called Takitina, which is a body work, you know, uh, where you go on three different rhythms, one with the voice, one with the clap, and one with the step, and there are a hundred people in the circle, and we are just doing rhythm and you see how they start to bond random people who are never met before, and they 're talking about deep stuff so there's a, I think there 's a very deep uh message of synchronizing rhythmically that really can help people to synchronize on a deeper level too.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, you've you've clearly tapped into that, you know. So that that's wonderful, you know, that you're able to uh, to harness that and create those experiences for people.
0: So, uh, anything you want to share more from your research? I'm so curious about this whole thing you found, like uh, that you're also explaining this uh, presentation: music, spirituality, and human brain how is music for you related with spirituality
1: yeah well i think it uh, probably most directly has to do with that sense of unity Mm -hmm. right so some of the i mean i'm not a religious person um, but i certainly have had many strong emotional experiences whether it's out in nature and just you know marveling at at nature or um you know whether it's feeling these strong senses of connection uh with other people when when making uh music and it's those feelings of unity where all of a sudden it feels like everything makes sense you know that you're you're you know small and at the end of the day somewhat insignificant part in everything. But, but nonetheless, you're, you're part of it, and you have this deep connection and deep understanding. So um, that, that's the point of spiritual connection for, for me.
0: Is there uh, some function of the medulla brain in rhythm? Perception in rhythm, in movement and in getting into movement
1: um that's a good question and i have to admit that i i don't have a good answer for that i'm (laughs) just largely out of ignorance Um, that's something that often happens among us cognitive neuroscientists is we become very cerebral cortex centric um, now, of course, in the uh, when you're talking about rhythm, you you have to go subcortically mm-hmm. into a structure called the basal ganglia, which are really critical for you know learning how to create sequences of movements, and underlying behavior, and also responsible for a lot of the reward sensations that we feel. But then uh, I'm, I'm really uncertain about the role of uh, medullary structures. And <laughs> well, thank
0: you for your honesty. I want to play one thing for you. Uh, I had a band called MegaDrums that involved Ayato Morera and Sake Hoin, a lot of people from the Bay Area too. And playing just this piece for you to see, would you consider this groove, or how do you see a, a groove in that? Yeah, this? I have a question to you. There is this very rigid, let's say techno, and there's this very floating thing. So is there a certain realm where you would consider that is groove or is also this very techno beat creating groove? And what is this what you just heard?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely experienced that as having a groove, a lot of groove and um, it's, I mean, you have, you have that driving pulse underneath it, but, but that's not it alone, right? Then you have these uh, patterns that are carried by individual instruments that repeat for a while, and then they're interacting uh, among the different instruments. You know they're all they're always coming together within within that that rhythmic framework and 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 that underlying pulse. and then even the flute at the end there, you know it's still you know it's more of a floaty sound, but it's still um, you know playing in a pulsatile way that reinforces that underlying beat.
0: Uh, would you consider techno um, something that can create groove or not? It's just interesting for me too get your opinion on that or your experience have you measured that already or
1: um you know we we haven't really done a systematic uh exploration of of, of different genres um and I, I think that this is where one really gets into the realm of sort of variability and individual preferences uh, also so Some people prefer to have just a very clear and and driving uh, beat, you know, where you just, you know, feel it with your entire body. And there isn't necessarily a whole lot of uh, other complexity, you know, that comes into it. I, I think other people then tend to prefer more rhythmic complexity or having multiple interacting instruments and things like that. Yeah, I, I think that, yes, although there are certainly genres of music that um, are more closely associated with groove and sort of the urge to move component of it, the, the, the experience isn't only that, you know, so, so going back even to the musical examples, the low and mid groove musical examples that you played, I think that a a performer uh in those or or perhaps even a listener who feels very very deeply immersed um, is then experiencing those unity components of being in the groove and it's also very pleasurable um, even though there might not be as strong of an urge to move so it's just really important to remember that there are these multiple components of the groove experience. And therefore, it's very difficult to, uh, you know, say that, you know, one music definitely has it, another form of music doesn't. Yeah,
0: I really relate to this. And you're pointing towards the fact that could it be that the groove perception also depends on a preference of a human being? Uh, I am I wonder if I played some groovy music uh, to a person who only had heard uh, classical music his whole life and doesn't want anything else. It would be different than for someone else, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, we've seen this in some other work that we've done, um, sort of examining styles of engagement with music. And, and, and people have very different styles of engagement, you know, and, and many people um, really enjoy moving with music. And that's one of the principal criteria for them in you know selecting music, uh, but that's not true for everyone. There's some people who don't really appreciate that movement component uh, at all.
0: Mm-hmm. In your experience, having researched so much with the brain, do you think rhythm can prevent dementia?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I, 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 I don't know. Um, I mean, I do I do think that, and this is something, uh, you know, I, I struggle with actually in my own playing. This is related to the previous question too, you know. So I, I certainly have my own preferred rhythms. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I go to, play rhythms on a keyboard, I, I almost sort of uh, fall into the same preferred rhythms over and over again. And it, it kind of drives me nuts, because I'd, I'd like to very easily be able to perform other rhythms and, and really feel them. But but it's very difficult to for me to to be able to embody those, you know, so that's a sort of a area of personal training for myself. And so to the extent that, um, you know, rhythm is really important for sequencing, Um, you know, not just in music, but, you know, we sequence our thoughts and all all sorts of things. Um, I can't help but think that uh, with training to help refine sense of timing and rhythm and diversity of rhythms and things like that, 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 engages our brains in a beneficial way. Now, whether or not that slows onset, can slow the onset of dementia or or things like that, um, I really don't know. That really remains to be tested and and seen. Um, But I can see rhythm training having strong uh, benefits for cognition in general.
0: That's a wonderful final word. (laughs) I would say, uh, really, it's an honor that you have been on my podcast thank you so much for your wisdom for your knowledge and okay.
1: thank you very much for having me I so um,
0: it. when my listeners want to find you where would they find you on the internet
1: um so it the best way is to look up my name peter janata music brain and you'll be taken to various web pages um, or my email, um, so p-j-a-n-a-t-a at ucdavis.edu.
0: Thank you very much for taking the time. And thank you, listeners, to journeying with us into this very interesting subject. If you like my podcast, you can subscribe. Go to www.powerofrhythm.com forward slash podcast. You can also face uh, go to Facebook and uh, Instagram and follow me there. Lots of more episodes coming up with very interesting subjects, so stay tuned. For now, have a great day and enjoy
1: life.